Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, everybody. I'm going to welcome all of you back to Wrong and Wronger multiple times every week, apparently, because he, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell, can't seem to get out of the starting gate without something going horribly haywire. But he does get the benefit of my presence and my glory every week. Whereas me, Steve Olivas, I continue to serve a sentence for a crime I did not commit by having to reboot over and over again. And James, what is it I'm talking about exactly? Well, I would like to give you a heartfelt apology for wasting five to six seconds of your time <laughs> by catching an error as soon as we started recording and asking you to stop. You will never get those five to six seconds back. I'm sure you would Thank have you. used them wisely to Thank better you. the human race. So that's on me. Well, I, I can't say you're wrong, actually. <laughs> so I will accept your apology. But these all, it just keeps putting one more bead into my resentment jar. But at some point, it will spill over and uh, we will part ways. But I'm sure that'll be a good eight to ten years after I've died. <laughs> but this is the podcast where we argue about things, mostly amongst ourselves, that don't mean anything to anyone, like six seconds of life. But when you're an important person like me, six seconds means a lot. So thank you for owning your part of this problem, James. I I am part of pretty much every problem. I've come to accept that. <laughs> My problems, everybody else's problems. The common denominator is me. It's kind of an ego trip. Like, everything just starts here. Ooh. Well, the thing that we were going to talk about today uh, sort of surfaced organically because I threw out a topic. And then James said, yeah, I have no experience with that topic. And I said, that's not even possible unless there's something horribly wrong with you. And James said, uh, well, good. Let's talk about it. So, James... What are we going to talk about today? We are going to talk about first girlfriends. Now, this occurred to me because if you remember from either last week or the week before, I talked about a teenage couple that was walking in my subdivision, yes. one uh, walking next to a bicycle and the other one just sort of walking. And I thought, ah, that's neat. Young love. And then you said something that made it seem like you have no idea what that is or what I'm talking about. And I, I, I mulled on that, James, as I all of your words weigh on me every week. <laughs> So I thought, surely Breakwell has like a first love or first little girlfriend or something that he can relate to because everybody should. But what was your first reaction when I threw out like first girlfriend? I, I, I mean, I married my first actual real girlfriend who counted. Oh my so, God. I mean, that, you know, one and done, you get it right. I mean, let's face it, Steve, I'm a catch. Like what girl would let Ooh. this go? So I found somebody. She sunk her claws into me, never let me go. And here we are, 95 kids later. But I'm sure you have had many, many, many failed relationships as soon as people realize what you are really like. Um, I don't even know what you pretend to be that you could attract people in in the first place. So since you've got a much longer history than me, let's start with you and see where this dark path begins. Well... I've caught a lot of things that I've been regretful for catching, James. So you saying you're a catch doesn't really fill me with hope. But uh, so... 
Let me give context to my answer by saying what your next answer was, which was, well, I had like a girlfriend when we were little before we could date. And I think, well, that's kind of where you get some practice being in a relationship and going steady and those kinds of things. But do you remember? Okay. If this answer is my wife, I I'm going to just hang up and that's the end of the podcast forever. But did you not kiss a girl till you met Lola? Correct. That, that, is, that is the line. Now, if you want to go like real, real little, I was engaged at one point, if you want to count that, sometime, <laughs> sometime between kindergarten and second grade to the little girl who lived next door, I think we started a conversation to the effect of, do you know who you want to marry? No. Well, do you want to marry me? And then I immediately got cold feet because my whole plan oh. was we'd get married and go move to the farm that we had left when my dad hurt his back. And we were going to okay. uh, live there and raise pigs, which was, you know, my lifelong ambition. I never really grew up. And then the next day I was like, well, you can come to the pig farm, but we should probably live in different houses. And then it's like, <laughs> well, you can come to the pig farm, but you should probably just live like, you know, the next property over. And gradually I just moved her out until we were not engaged at all. So I, I began and ended that engagement. It was very brief, a very, very dramatic. I'm sure she still <laughs> pines over that missed opportunity to this day. She is living in a tent at the end of the driveway of that property that yes. the two of you had talked about so many years ago. Well, I like, James, that you had enough empathy to let her down slow. <laughs> so that does show a very humane side of you. <laughs> so now, now, hold on. You're not getting out of this question. You literally, knowing that Lola doesn't listen to this podcast anyway, you literally did not kiss a girl in high school. No, and I kind of sort of had two girlfriends in that period for like super brief periods so in eighth grade there was another girl from a from another school who i met at like science olympia and so i think i we <laughs> oh went out God. for what i would describe as a while but i don't know if it can be just going out if you never actually meet in person like i don't think i saw her again after that day <laughs> but we were to the age where we could call each other so we called each other for a while and then after a while I got tired of talking to her, so I just stopped calling. <laughs> and then at some point, like after a week of not talking, I called and said, we should probably uh, break up. And she's like, yeah. And that was, that was that. And then there was another one in there, which is probably my most embarrassing relationship of all. And it uh -oh. was, it might've been right before that somewhere in there. I mean, I, I did not have a, I did not go without a girlfriend for a lack of trying, but uh, there was another girl I liked in junior high and uh, I was planning to ask her out, and I asked my buddy for advice on what to do. And, like, oh. the next day, that girl asked out my buddy, and he knew that I liked her. <laughs> he put him in a super awkward spot. And, like, that night, I asked her out. She's like, well, actually, I just asked somebody out. But if he says no, I'll go out with you. So oh my, my buddy God. said no. <laughs> she agreed to go out with me. But, we did, again, we didn't actually go out. Well, I think we had we had maybe one phone conversation and one time in like the next day we may have 
gone to the movies at the same time. I don't know that it can be called a date because there were like 20 people there. It was like half of our grade. And then by like the next afternoon, she broke up with me. It was, it was very much, (laughs) we did not, we did not sit by each other at the movie. We did not hold hands. We did not talk beyond that one conversation. And now that I think about it, that one call on the phone, it might've been like a three or four way call where she, there were a bunch of other people on the call and they called me and then everybody hung up at her. Like, I, I think they were putting her up to it. So I did not have a great history in there. So now you being the Casanova that you are, oh, spill the Jesus. beans. What do you got? Wow, James, I am filled with sorrow for your <laughs> life. <laughs> Man, thank God Lola came around. Uh, you'd be living in a shack in Montana, scrawling up rambling manifesto <laughs> if it weren't for Lola. So good on her, I think. Not good for me. But anyway, uh, so, (laughs) wow, I feel almost self, uh, I can't think of the right word. Like, (laughs) I'm embarrassed to say that I did date girls in high school because I don't want to rub it in. But the first girlfriend I ever had, I think, was in like uh, fifth grade. But I will say the first girl I ever kissed was in kindergarten. I think I've told this story on the air before, either on this show or one of the other ones that I've done. But my buddy Paul in kindergarten told me he would give me a Hot Wheels car if I kissed Melissa. Hmm. Can't remember her last name. Honestly, don't know if I ever knew it in the first place. We were five. (laughs) And, uh, I swear, so I would sort of dive bomb kiss her, like uh, sort of sneak up behind her and then peck her on the cheek and go off. And I swear I kissed her 30 to 50 times. And Paul saw most of them. I never got the Hot Wheels car. And that taught me not to trust ever again. I mean, what was the deal that you would get one Hot Wheels car total or one Hot Wheels car per kiss? No, no, no. One Hot Wheels car. And so I kept thinking, well, maybe this one will be the one where I get the Hot Wheels car. Like, it didn't occur to me that he was just going to welch on the bet entirely and not pay up. So that didn't exist That's interesting. So first of all, you engaged in an early form of prostitution. Second of all, <laughs> you pulled that kind of stunt today, there'd be a viral news article about you, about a five-year-old getting arrested and sent to jail. <laughs> well... It's a little different when you're 53 kissing a kindergartner than when you're five. And <laughs> that kissing is a not what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first girl I kissed. But the first girl that we were going together was Liz in probably fifth or sixth grade. And I think we kissed once. And uh, I'm going to do a visual here so you won't be able to see it. But I remember I moved in to kiss her and I didn't know what I was doing either. But she, I'll describe it first and then do it. She like squinted her eyes shut, like pressed them together shut, and then puckered up like she just ate a lemon. So she did one of these. And then my job was to kind of move in and then meet my lips with hers. And I believe that was the only time we ever kissed because it weirded me out. That was weird. And uh, so that was my first girlfriend with a kiss. And I, I can't remember why, how, or when Liz and I broke up, but I'm guessing it had to have happened, or I've got some explaining to do. <laughs> You've been a very bad boyfriend all these years, but I'm, I'm sure the phone will ring. <laughs> okay, now wait, there was, there was another story. There's a better relationship story. And I don't know if this is one you're willing to share or not, but what about the, the girl who you went out with once and she spent the rest of her life thinking about you? Oh, God. Freaking Elizabeth. Have you have we, you shared that one on air, or was that one you told me privately that I now spilled the beans about? <laughs> I don't remember. Well, I know I've told it on the air because uh, 
somebody, it got back to her. It was on the commute where oh. I told this story and it got back to her and she connected with me on Facebook and said, thanks for sharing my most embarrassing moment with the world. And I thought, well, that, sorry. Does she get that's what we do for a living? But usually it's just yeah, about ourselves. Yeah, she was cool. I, she was just busting my balls about it. But oh. it, was, it was more of an excuse for her to reach out and say, what, what are you doing? What are you, what are you up to? But yeah, it was Elizabeth. And um, she was... It's similar to your story about your best friend was sort of coaching you up and then she asked your best friend out. So my best friend was Kenny and uh, Kenny had the hots for Elizabeth and I thought she was cute. I, I had nothing against Elizabeth, but we, um, <laughs> there was a series of unfortunate events <laughs> and I, I don't know, I was just sort of being pulled along by the current, you understand, of James, because I'm not a devious person, <laughs> but I ended up at her house <laughs> I'm trying to censor this as I say it out loud, but Kenny. <laughs> I was, uh, I th this was the summer vacation between junior and senior year. And so everyone had their driver's licenses by then. And Kenny left for some reason because he trusted me <laughs> to like hold the fort with Elizabeth. And after he left, she and I made out for a while. And then I can't remember if we became official boyfriend, girlfriend, or after we made out, I said, you know, we can't really do this because Kenny likes you. And I am an upstanding and honorable man. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was after the Survivor concert, 1984. If uh, Survivor's, uh, their When Seconds Count album had just come out. No, it was Vital Signs. It was that tour. I love stories like that because they remind me that I didn't miss out on anything before I was born. <laughs> I was born in 1985, and everything that happened before that was just a waste and a disappointment. So I came in at exactly <laughs> the right moment. I'll say this, though. Be like, I didn't have... Uh, my senior year was when I really blossomed and uh, all of a sudden girls were interested in me. So prior to that, I didn't have a lot of experience. But I will say this, because of the lack of background experience, I still think of her as like one of the best kissers ever. Like she was good <laughs> at it. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. It's, it's all about grading on a curve. Now, I will say this in my own defense. So I did not have an actual girlfriend growing up, but I had, I think, much harder circumstances than you. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but I think you went to a, a bigger school. I mean, your school had to be bigger yeah. than mine. So like from third grade on, there were two classes in each grade at, at my tiny Catholic school with 20 kids each. And then we got to Ooh. the high school, the Catholic high school, and there were feeders from some even, you know, some even smaller schools that fed into it. So we jumped up to a big class of 60. And I think we graduated with 56. So for the most part, the same 40 to 60 kids I had basically grown up with were like my potential dates in high school. Like, you know how many years they had had to write me off and decide that I was like not a good prospect? <laughs> they had so much evidence. Like there was no way I was ever going to make any head way there it was impossible uh they actually yeah. knew who i was but oh. i did have a date for every dance where guys asked out girls every single time i i just asked and asked and asked until i found somebody who didn't have a good enough excuse to say no now usually my go-to line was you want to go to this dance you know just as friends that is the that's the rock solid line there that's how you pick up the ladies <laughs> but uh never had a date for the sadie hawkins dance uh, the one where the girls asked the guys Aww. that one again comes back 
back to all the prior evidence built up. So I put myself <laughs> out there. I wasn't afraid of rejection, but ultimately I was uh, I was fishing in a very small pond, and uh, the results were uh, as expected. I no, no, I did like there were about four hundred kids in each class. So as a senior, if you wanted to date juniors or seniors. There were 800 kids, presumably 400 of them were girls to kind of look through. So eventually you get to a yes, but not James Breakwell. <laughs> and none of those friendship dances blossomed into anything other than, well, have a good night. Not a single one. I, I, You know, by the time you get down to the people who you're like, you want to go to just as friends, they usually are actually your friends. And again, I had a I had a pretty good class. Like we were all on good terms. And I, I say people, they weren't, a, nobody was attracted to me, but like nobody hated me either. We were all good. I'm a, despite what you might think, I'm a decent human being. We get along well. I'm a safe driver. So they would come along. So yeah, I would, a safe, a driver. safe driver. It's not like, you know what? You get out there for prom night. You, some people, they go nuts. You know, you go out with me, you know, you're going to get back alive. So I'm a, I'm a oh, good, safe God. time all around. I am the, I am the guy. Your parents are delighted when you bring home. <laughs> because you know, nothing's going to happen in the back seat after the dance. Oh, that was <laughs> just reminded me of a story. I don't know if I should tell this one, but okay. So my, I, I'm going to tell it anyway, because it can be pretty rated oh. G because you can read into it what you want to or don't want to. But, um, so the first time I went back to Lola's parents' house, we've been, so we started dating like two or three weeks into our freshman year of college, like pretty much as soon as we met, it was really, really early on and neither of us can pin down a date. But like the first break, fall break or something, we were going out for a couple months and I went home to visit her parents because she had inadvertently like met my parents like the second week we were going out like against my bet better judgment and wishes. I told her, I was like, oh, I can't hang out this weekend. I'm going home to play capture the flag at the parish picnic. Like this is our, my tradition. Like I went there and I wrangled up like 40 little kids and I just, you know, organized a giant game of capture the flag in the woods, nice. which I love because I was bigger than them and faster than them. And, you know, usually sure. we only lost one or two kids out there in the woods. So it was a good time. So I told her, I'm going back to play this game in my hometown. She's like, oh, well, I like Capture the Flag. And I was like, oh, oh, did you want to come? And so that's how she met my parents after we've been going out for two weeks. So a couple months later, it was time for her to return the favor. So I went down to visit her family in Indianapolis. And um, maybe it was the second time I met them. I don't know. I mean, I think that'd be the first time I stayed at somebody else's house. Maybe the first time I stayed at her house, though. <laughs> Uh, it was like 9.30, and her parents were going to bed, and it's like, all right, good night, see you later, and her dad's like, no, we're all going nope. to bed, <laughs> and so here I am, <laughs> you know, however old I was a freshman year in college, and I had like the yeah. earliest bedtime I'd had in like 10 years, I had not been <laughs> sent to bed since I was a small child, and uh you know, props to that man for not trusting me, though. I probably had bad intentions knowing me at that age. So so good on him. And I'll probably probably use the same tactic. But I have, uh, I, you know, my kids go out with people. But I have I have never forgotten that. That was uh, that was just such a shock to my system. Wow. Does this still come up occasionally between you and she? It does not. It is. I, I, I guarantee you she does not remember. I, I have discovered that she and I 
remember vastly different things about our relationship. It just, <laughs> I, I focus, well, I focus on the things that matter to guys and none of those things matter to her at all. So like to her <laughs> early bedtime one night is just nothing. She's like, I got extra sleep. What's your point? So, uh, but for me, it was like sure. a slap in the face to my, to my <laughs> honor. <laughs> just, which at the time you were incensed, but now you look back and go, "Ah, he's pretty wise." Yeah, no, I, like his his suspicion was well founded. <laughs> I, I'm I'm 100% positive nothing would have happened that anyway. I'm sure Lola would have put her put her foot down, but I will say this: I probably would have tried. So, it's good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of intentions, I can just picture when she says, I want to cap play cap or I want to capture the flag. Like, did you waggle your eyebrows and go, You want to capture the flag, do you? I, I did not. That would, no. <laughs> it was like we weren't even calling each other boyfriend, girlfriend at that time. It was so early in the relationship. I think, like, that was this is back in the day of AOL Instant Messenger, which you're 100 years too old for. But once upon a time, yeah. before everybody texted back and forth and had a cell phone, that's how kids communicated. And so I was communicating to the this, this uh, my friend's back home about her, and I didn't call her my girlfriend because we weren't girlfriend boyfriend, so I called her the associate. And so I showed up <laughs> at my house wow. to my parents, the first girl I've ever broken up, brought home, and she's not even my girlfriend. <laughs> just like, all right, just an associate of yours. Yes, my my female associate. I put us all in a super awkward situation, and I also did not tell my parents I was bringing her home. I just showed up with her, and as the oldest child, I was the first person to ever bring somebody home. <laughs> so it was a it was a lot of firsts just all at once right out there. But you know what? It was a good game of capture the flag. So I guess it was all worthwhile. Wow! It was a good game of capture the flag. That was not <laughs> what it meant at all. It was. <laughs> It's a church picnic, Steve. Get your mind out of the gutter. Hey, I went to Catholic school also. I know what happens behind the rectory. <laughs> <laughs> you and I had very different Catholic school experiences. Oh, I don't think we did, James, but it's fun to brag about stuff that never happened. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen has a song called The Time That Never Was, and I think that is all of the tales of conquest that I tell people. It's the time that never was. That's that's fair. Well, you've had uh, you had those early relationships, but you had you had later serious relationships too, didn't you? Have like a long term college girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. That uh, started in high school. Wow. Like uh, my senior year in high school, I was killing it. Like I don't know what changed other than I grew my hair long. I was an athlete, and I sort of internalized that attitude. And uh, I, I dated two prom queens in a row, back to back, and one of them I worked my way up to. Like there were three <laughs> girls I went out with in three weeks because I kept, I kept having an option to go out. God, this makes me seem like a dick. So I was going out with one girl, and then I found out, I'm not even going to say names now. I think people from my high school watch this uh, podcast, but I was going out with one girl, and then another girl who I had liked the year before liked me. So immediately dumped girl one and started going with girl two, but then, like, uh, the the prize what liked me like a week later so i dumped girl number 2 for the prize <laughs> who dumped me a week later because uh i was probably a little too into that relationship but yes so first real long term girlfriend i had all through my senior year well 
a fast senior year. If you had three, three relationships and then jumped into another one right after that. Well, and in the middle of that, we broke up and I was really angry at her. And I started dating the head pom-pom girl like for a few weeks and rubbing it in this girl's face Sheesh. because, God, this doesn't make me seem like a this decent is, human being, this James. This is where I we lose say, I, our, our five <laughs> listeners, where they're gone, man. This We burned up God. all the goodwill we had left. Thank God I've evolved. But that girl ended up being my girlfriend uh, almost into college. And then I had another long-term girlfriend in college. And then along came Mrs. Steve. But yeah, now you know what? This is, in hindsight, not a good topic for us to do this week. Let's pick something else. You led us into this disaster. We have now made everyone of both genders think so much less of us, both because we're <laughs> pathetic and and we're also bad people. Like, you can't even feel bad for us. You really can't because all of our misfortune we brought on to ourselves. <sighs> well, I'll tell you, so I grew up, I know we're almost out of time here, but I was sort of like you, like we're wandering in the desert. So when girls started liking me, it was almost like a drug. Like <laughs> I went crazy for a little while until I sort of settled into who I am today. And I don't know how to take that. If you're, if you're calling that a success story or a warning to others. <laughs> a warning to men with daughters. That's what I'm doing. Point taken. <laughs> Well, let's get out of here before I incriminate myself any further and tell people, just skip right through this episode. Although by the time you get to that directive, you've already made it through the episode. <laughs> but looking glass as it may, this has been another wildly unsuccessful episode of Wrong and Wronger. He is James. I'm going to fall asleep tonight knowing that I have been true and chaste and uh, <laughs> with a moral compass break well. And I am Steve, should be in Guantanamo Bay, Olivas Day. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please don't cancel us. And until next week, always remember that two wrongs can make a right.